Hi there, it's great to be with you wherever you are in the world, however you're watching. Thanks for joining us. I'm not unfortunately in the All Nations studio today. I am recording this in my front room in my house. So behind me, you'll probably see some musical instruments. I think there's some guitars to my right, my son's drum kit to the left, bookshelf behind me. And uh, I trust that as you're watching in your homes that you're enjoying the grace of God and the peace of God and that wherever you find yourselves in whatever situation or circumstance, you're seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you watched our um, message last week from T, you'll know that we are uh, beginning a, a season, beginning a series of being prepared, of being ready. That's why we feel the Lord is leading us at the moment to make preparations, to, to, to make ourselves ready. And um, depending on how we look at the future, depending on how we look at our world, we can either approach preparation with great anticipation and excitement or great anxiety and fear. So how are you approaching the future <clears throat> as some of the lockdown is being lifted? How are you thinking about what you are now able to do? For my kids, for example, there is no end of excitement for them. All they have wanted to do for the last couple of weeks is visit their family. They want to visit their grandparents who live in Wales, their other set of grandparents living in England. They're both watching today, so shout outs to grandparents. And they want to visit their cousins who live in the south of England too. They are so excited at the thought of being able to visit their family. And they took it to a whole new level this week. Sunday afternoon, uh, last week, our, our five-year-old was upstairs packing a suitcase. Why are you packing a suitcase, sweetheart? We said, I'm getting ready to visit the family. Great. But then Monday came around and she was packing another suitcase. What do you do, sweetheart? Oh, I'm getting ready to visit the family. And then Tuesday came around and she was packing her third suitcase, getting ready to visit the family. And soon we, we weren't able to find clothes or things that she actually needed because she was so excited about getting ready to visit her family, looking forward to visiting grandparents here, there, and cousins. What are you thinking about as you look ahead? Are you approaching things with excitement and anticipation? Are you one of those who's looking forward to seeing family and friends again, who's looking forward to being reunited with loved ones again? Uh, are you someone who's having to prepare to uh, return to a newly opened place of work? Uh, maybe you're a school teacher or something else, I don't know. but. How we view our future, how we uh, view our world will determine how we respond and react to it. And God wants us to be a people who at all times have our trust in him. Uh, the Bible says that in you, O Lord, I will place my trust. Trust is something that we have, that we give to somebody else. We put our trust somewhere or in something. And the best place for us to put our trust is in, in God. Those who hope in him, the Bible says, will never be disappointed. And so we're going to continue this morning talking about what it means to be prepared to be ready. And I want us to do that from a place of anticipation and excitement, because in the Bible, preparation is a good thing. We're not preparing for the worst, but we are believing for the best. Jesus says, for example, in John chapter 14, in my father's house are many mansions and I go ahead of you to prepare a place for you. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? 
Here's some more good news for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for us in advance. Isn't that an amazing thing for you to think about? You were created by God. You were made in his image. Jesus Christ has saved you and brought you into his family. You're a new creation in Christ. And as a new creation in Christ, you have good works to do that God prepared for you to do in advance. He's not prepared you to fail. (laughs) He's not prepared you to fall. He's prepared you to flourish and to fulfill your destiny. God is so uh, concerned about uh, us being a people who do good works, that he has given gifts to his body, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, it says in Ephesians 4, to prepare God's people for works of service. Not to do the works for us, but to prepare us to be effective in doing those works. Preparation is a good thing. And right preparation requires right priorities. Before we get our actions right, we need to get our attitudes right. And so right Preparation requires right priorities. And what I'd like to share with you today is a passage of scripture that's going to help us put the right priorities in our lives so that we can rightly prepare for what God has in store for us. So if you'll open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Matthew and chapter 6. And we're going to read a passage of scripture. It'll be very familiar to some of you. You'll have read it before. But it's a really wonderful passage of scripture that helps us prepare rightly for our life with God. I'm going to read from verse 19. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 says, Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can be a slave of two masters, since he will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and money. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labour or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, O you of little faith? So don't worry saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things, And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. 
In this passage, Jesus sets out for us three very stark contrasts, three very different priorities that we can choose. Jesus contrasts storing up treasures on earth with storing up treasures in heaven. He contrasts serving God with serving money. And he contrasts worrying about our life with seeking first the kingdom of God. And Jesus teaches us that if we want to be faithful followers of him, if we want to be disciples of Jesus, if we want to go on in the way of being Christians, then we are to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth. We're to serve God, not to serve money, not to serve mammon, not to serve our possessions. And we're not to worry about our life, but instead we're to seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus sets the priority of our life. Isn't that so wonderful? Isn't that so helpful, so reassuring that our creator and our master, our Lord and our saviour has set the priority for our life? Jesus tells us that we have a good heavenly father who knows everything we need, everything we need. We have a good heavenly father who looks after creation, who provides for the birds and causes the flowers to grow in the field. And these are pictures and signs to us of his care toward us. Jesus teaches us not to worry, but instead to trust our heavenly father to provide us with everything we need and protect us from all harm. Instead, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Another translation, the New Living Translation, I think, says, make the kingdom of God your primary concern. I remember discovering this verse for myself as a university student, and it revolutionised my life. You see, up until that point, I really was not very good at making decisions. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know where I wanted to study, what I wanted to do with my time. And I remember hearing a preacher preach from this verse one time, make the kingdom of God your primary concern, and all these things will be added to you. And do you know what? I suddenly realised I didn't need to worry about my future, about family, about finances. I didn't need to worry about hopes and dreams or hobbies and desires. All I needed to do was to seek first his kingdom and God would take care of the rest. It made life so much simpler. It made decisions so much easier because in every situation and circumstance, there's always the kingdom way. And for us to be effective, to us to be ready, for us to be well prepared for the day in which we live, it's vitally important we get our priorities straight. And as believers, our priority is the kingdom of God. We can only seek one thing first. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. I don't seek myself first. I don't even seek my family first. I don't seek my finances first. And I'm sure you'll understand me when I say this. I don't even seek the church first. The priority of my life, Jesus says, is to seek first the kingdom of God. It's to seek it. It's to look for it. It's to passionately pursue it until I find it. I've learned a few things about seeking over the last few years. Uh, My wife and I, as many of you know, have four small children. And if there's one thing that kids are really good at, it's losing things. They lose their glasses on the way to school. They lose their homework. They lose the remote control for the TV. They lose their favorite Xbox game. In our household, occasionally, they lose one of our animals. And they expect me, they expect mum to be able to find whatever it is they lost. And so you learn pretty quickly, you've got to look for something until you find it. 
don't look once, don't look twice. You've got to look everywhere. You've got to move things around. You've got to get under the sofa. You have to get the cushions. You have to look where the kids have said they've looked. You've got to look until you find it. I think there's something of that in seeking first the kingdom of God. It's not passively putting it at the top of my to-do list, but really getting on with what I want to do. It's making a conscious and deliberate decision that my life is lived for the kingdom of God, for the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. The Bible describes the kingdom of God in lots and lots of different ways. Paul says in Romans 14 verse 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He also says that the kingdom of God is not talk, but power. He says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father in heaven, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love that definition of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven. Bryn Jones once said, the kingdom of God is that place where the will of God is performed to the exclusion of any other will. So why do we need to get our priorities straight? Why do we need to hear this message again, to seek first the kingdom of God? Haven't we heard it before? Isn't it good enough that Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom of God? Well, absolutely. Because Jesus tells me to seek first the kingdom of God, that's what I'm gonna do. But let me, let me give you some more today. Let me give you some other reasons why seeking first the kingdom of God is the best thing that we can do in this season of our lives. It's the best way that we can prepare ourselves for what God has in store for us. I wanna give you three reasons to seek first the kingdom of God. The first is this, the kingdom of God is universal. <clears throat> it's universal. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Some of my friends watching this right now, they're rolling their eyes. They know what I'm going to say. The good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The kingdom of God is a universal message. It works everywhere. Jesus says the good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a witness to all nations. Wherever you are today, wherever you're watching this, whatever stage of life you're at, whatever age you are, whatever background, whatever occupation, whatever pressure that's on you, whatever opportunities before you, the good news of the kingdom applies to you. We're currently living in a world of protest and panic and pandemic. And people all across the world are being affected by many of the same issues. But you know, the only thing that works everywhere is the good news of the kingdom. It works in Cardiff, it works in China, it works in Canada, it works in London. It works wherever you come from and wherever you go. The good news of the kingdom works everywhere. It's a universal message because it's a universal kingdom. The second reason why I want to encourage you today to seek first the kingdom of God is because the kingdom of God is unlimited. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The kingdom of God is an ever-increasing kingdom. It's an ever-increasing kingdom. It's an unlimited kingdom. His kingdom will go on and on increasing in this age and in the age to come. So as you seek it first, as you put it first place in your life, you're aligning yourselves with the one thing that's going to last forever. Nations will rise and fall. Governments will come and go. Uh, companies will, will go up and down in value. 
Seasons will come and go, seasons of life will change, but the kingdom of God remains the same and it increases forever. The third reason why I want to say to you today, seek first the kingdom. The kingdom is universal, it's unlimited. The kingdom of God is unshakable. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, we read these words. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be grateful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. There's a lot in that scripture, isn't there? It begins by telling us a wonderful truth. We as believers are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. 2020 has seen so many things shake, so many things quake, so many things break. So much uncertainty and fear and worry. Many people losing their lives, many people losing their livelihoods, many people losing their hopes and their dreams for the future. But in the midst of it all, my dear friends, the Christian has an answer for this world because we are part of a universal kingdom, an unlimited kingdom, and an unshakable kingdom. Although the nations shake, although the kingdoms fall, our God stands above it all, and his kingdom never, ever shakes. Doesn't topple, doesn't fall over. He's not gonna get voted out at the next general election. He's not up for, um, he's not up for re-election in a few years time. He's king now and he's king forever and his kingdom is unshakable. And as you align yourself with the kingdom of God, you become an unshakable person too. It's time to prepare. It's time to get ready. It's time to look forward with anticipation and expectation that we're gonna see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that God is gonna use us to meet the needs of many around us who've been shaken and hurt by the season we've just experienced. The people who know their God, it says in the book of Daniel, will stand firm and will do exploits. And so it's time for us to give our attention first and foremost to God and his priorities. His priority for us is to seek first the kingdom of God. I've got the opportunity of joining you again next Sunday and we're gonna talk some more about what it means to seek first the kingdom of God, to put it first place in our life, and thus be ready for the day we're living in. Until then, I trust you have a fantastic week. May you know God's grace and peace in everything you do. Bye.